Hello and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, political podcast by and for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective. It is November 7th, 2018. We have a special, special broadcast for you. Podcast, broadcast, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We're, uh, it's the day after the midterms and oh boy, is there a lot to unpack and we've had endless calls, texts, Facebook messages, just mm-hmm. saying, please, guys, uh, like, we have a lot of friends that don't follow politics like we do every second of every day. Yes, most nobody does. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, okay, please make sense of this for me. Should I be happy? Should I be sad? Should uh, Is this good? Is this bad? So we're here to break it all down for you. Yeah. And we've decided to do that by, well, we got a few things to talk about. Of course, there were some big events today. Um, there's events still going on. But we're basically going to break down the results into a... As simplified as much as we can, a good and bad category of what happened last night, and then give you our overall perspective of it. Yep. And uh, then talk about what's going on right now. Um, so there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yesterday um, was a crap day. I was just a mess all day long. I was at work, and I was just an anxious, nightmarish mess. Um, just, I just, you know, just trauma from 2016. Like, I just had no, I just couldn't feel optimistic. I didn't know what was going to happen, and I was just really anxious. And my coworkers, I think, think I'm nuts because they were like, it's just an election. Like, you have no idea. Yeah. Um, and the night started not all that promising, which got us off to a yeah bad start, but then it got much better, and there were ups and downs and highs and lows, and... So let's start with with the good. Um, okay. Lots of good things happened last night. I, I, a lot of our friends and coworkers and people are just like, oh, we're so disappointed. And we're like, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang, hang on. on. <laughs> let's, let's talk about what's, what's really going on. Like, right. Yeah. November 7th, 2016, there were no silver linings. November 9th, <laughs> but yes. 9th, yeah. They're pretty much. And, and we, we were very honest with everybody about that. Like, no, we're fucked. Yeah, no, no we're no, completely no fucked. No silver linings. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, last night, a lot of good things, not just silver linings, but, but very good things. And we're going to list them. Let's start with right here in Colorado. Yeah. It was a really good night for team blue here in Colorado. We are all blue. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. We are. Everything. We are. We didn't hold the state Senate by one seat and we flipped that last night. So we uh, now Mm -hmm. have control of the state Senate. The house by Uh, a lot. The house by a lot. Um, the governorship. The thanks governorship. To Jared Polis, the first openly gay governor in the country. In the yep. country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a <clears throat> Democrat as the Attorney General. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We have a Democrat as a Secretary of State. Yep. We have a Democrat as uh, the first Black uh, Congressman out of Colorado, Jonah Goose in CD uh, four two two. Yeah. Um. Which is exciting. Uh, the uh, we beat Mike Kaufman. Mike Kaufman is finally <clears throat> so we out. flipped a seat here in Colorado. A house seat was turned blue by us. Um, we, Jason Crow beat Mike Kaufman, who had previously never lost an election before. <laughs> yeah, we didn't believe it until we saw it. He kept uh, besting us every time we tried, and this time it took an incredibly talented um, 9/11 uh, Afghanistan war veteran. Jason Crow, um, who yeah, worked... I heard a Republican strategist diss him on on CPR uh-huh. today. He was just like, "Oh, in this election, they could have run anybody with a pulse, and he would have unfortunately beat Mike Kaufman no. this time around." No, it's like, no, I don't no. think that's the case. No, Jason Crow's great. He um, 
worked some with the Obama uh, White House, and um, he's great. He's a lawyer here in Denver. Um, he is really good friends with my ex-boss, um, and uh, yeah, he's a great guy, and I'm really excited, and I'm really glad that Mike Kaufman is gone. He's an incredibly talented um, campaigner and a really garbage person. I'm really glad that he's not going to be in Congress anymore. He twists in the wind and he tried to reinvent himself as a moderate this time around. Right. He saw that Trump was not popular in Colorado yeah. and so he's, oh, well, I don't believe any of that. And when Obama was president, he was the rabid Tea Party yep. nightmare. Yep. So yep. Um, People didn't buy it. He lost. He lost. He's out. He's out. It was um, tough, though. That was a tough campaign and they did a really good job. But Crow won handily. Yeah. By like nine or ten. Um, somebody that I know toward the end started working on Jason Crow's campaign. Um, and we may have them on, um, we didn't have them on prior because they were working on a campaign and you work like 18 hour days. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but maybe we can do a little uh, rundown of that in the near future. Um, so yeah, in Colorado, we did great. We lost a couple of initiatives that are important, but yeah. Uh, Overall, I mean, this state is now as blue as blue can get. Yep. And it's been trending that way for a while, and I don't know if you can call us a purple state. I mean, look, I think that there will still be competitive races well, in two years and four years. So it's, After 2020, we're... With the amendment Y and Z. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be that's interesting. It's going to change some we things. We don't know... We don't really know what that's going to do. We don't. We don't. So Y and Z is the thing we talked about a couple weeks ago yes. with the redistricting, the, the, uh, Kent Theory and all that. It, competitive uh, districts. We said it's a bad competitive, idea. Competitive, right. We would like representative districts, yeah. not competitive districts. But it won by a long shot. There was absolutely no opposition to it in the state. Um, there was literally no opposition. Yeah, it won by like 40 or 50 yeah. or something crazy. I think you and me and the Democratic <laughs> operatives we know are the only people that voted against it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so overall, uh, we had a really good night here in Colorado. Um well, outside of the state, I think um, the well, biggest. Uh, let's let's just talk about the big thing. We the triage that we said needed, we got right. We we got the House of Representatives back, and not just by one or two. Uh, we're we're creeping upwards towards forty when more of these California House seats uh, are are trickling our way slowly. Um, we're we're gonna have it by a healthy margin. We already do have it by a decent margin. And that was vital. We absolutely needed that. It had to happen. It and, had to happen. And it happened. And, yes. and you can tune out everything else. Well, a real wave is like 2010 when the Republicans got 60 seats. Or, uh, no, Does I don't, it don't, matter? Give, don't give a flying fuck. We have the House. And not just by a vote or two where some weird ass <coughs> blue dog Democrats might screw anything up. Like we have a solid majority. And now look at these. Look at the list of committee chairs that's coming down the pike. That Trump's going to have to deal with Maxine Waters, uh, Elijah Cummings, Adam Schiff, the committee chairs, right, with subpoena power. They control that branch of government. They're that that branch of Congress, right? Yeah, no more Devin Nunes running right. the show, right? Okay, uh, you they know, have the power to subpoena and no investigate. No more Paul Ryan overseeing this. No, this is a huge deal. It's been people forget how long it's been. What eight years that the House has been in Republican control, and it's yeah. just been a nightmare. Yeah. 2010s when it flipped. Like, 
you can't understate how huge that is. And we, we, we thought it was coming. We saw it coming. We were hopeful, but it did happen. Yes. And that and is the biggest story of the night, period. Yes. I, and it I, is the best news. It is exactly what needed to happen. And it's wonderful news. And I, remember, I, yeah. too, it's not just that they have subpoena power and the power to investigate. They also have the power to not let the Senate do anything. Just no shit legislation can pass anymore. As far as legislation, yes. If the Senate, you know, has the eat all the brown babies bill that Trump wants to sign. and it Too does, fucking bad. Too bad. It's not going to get through the House. It's dead. It's dead. And usually it's it's been flipped, right? Lately, we've had to ho- like hold our breath and hope that the Senate where we, we had, and we'll get to the Senate when we get to the bad part. But we've just hoped that, like, well, maybe Jeff Flake and Susan Collins will save us from this awful bill. And right. we usually don't. And right. we don't have to worry about that shit anymore. No. Okay, at least not for two years. <laughs> right, not for two years. <laughs> not for two years. Right. So, so that's it's huge. really, really, it's huge, really important. Let, let, me, let me stress this again, okay? I, I know some of you are heartbroken over Beto or Florida or Stacey Abrams, and we are too, and we'll get to that, but we got the house back, and that was goal number one, period. Yeah. I don't care what any pundit tells you. I don't care what any opinion piece tells you. I don't care what your your... You know, your liberal neighbor tells you that last night was a horrible night. No, we did exactly what we needed to do as far as the most important thing goes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's it couldn't be more. I can't stress it enough. It's critical Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the survival of our republic to try to claw back some normalcy to government. Right. And to prevent further horrifying bullfuckery yeah we just nothing gets passed unless a bunch of democrats decide it's a good idea so that's really good and uh you know no more yelling and screaming that republicans need to hold him accountable and like, <laughs> yeah. we're in there now right it's over right now um and now when when trump says that we are uh causing causing gridlock and obstructing then mm-hmm. he'll be right yes we will be doing that <laughs> yeah, yes, we will actually we will be, be doing that obstructing the fuck out of everything they want to do for the next two years period yes. yeah without fail <laughs> yeah. um now some more good um we picked up we flipped a lot of state houses yeah we picked up uh some good things happened in north carolina we stopped the bullfuckery they tried to do there um with Went on a bunch of governors uh-huh we we picked up a lot of governor seats um namely Iowa. Oh no, not Iowa. I'm sorry. Kansas. 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 What Kansas. is happening in Kansas? Oh, I'll tell you what's happening. It's amazing. Um what's happening is Sam Brownback, they finally had enough of the Brownback economic destruction and Kobach and the others coming in and saying we want more of that and people were finally like no no enough we're dying. We're starving. Yeah. We have no economy to speak of. Are shit. Everybody's yeah. fleeing the state. No. You know. No. So they just turned blue. <laughs> so they just turned blue. Kansas, of all places. In Kansas. Uh, governor, they sent two House members, right? I don't know. I don't um, remember. Yeah. And, and I'm, not, the... I'm not sure what the whole state legislature looks like, but essentially, like, Kansas did a kind of a 180 last night. Yeah. Which was surprising. And really good for the people of Kansas. And uh, really good the fact that Chris Kobach was defeated. Yes. Uh, remember, Chris Kobach was the architect of this huge push for massive... Uh, voter uh, disenfranchise, disenfranchisement, government-sponsored voter. Remember, he had this panel that was going to root out all the voter fraud, the vote, the voter fraud that doesn't exist, and essentially ban like all brown people from voting forever. Right. And fortunately, and we're going to get to more, that. Yeah, because that's part of the bad. That's part of the bad. But he he lost. He it was close. 
but it's Kansas. Right. Uh, it's extraordinary. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, that was a big, big deal and we thought it was possible and it happened. And, and that's one of the ones where I think we did a little better than we were hoping. And in some places we didn't, but we'll get that with the bad. There's still a lot more good to talk about. In Wisconsin, talking about governors, Scott Walker finally lost. Fucking finally. Finally. Um, this guy is one of the worst. Um, he is just absolutely awful on everything, whether it's voting rights or reproductive rights or uh, voter disenfranchisement. Unions, Or famously. unions, health care, like you name it, and he is the worst on it. Yep. The absolute worst. He's on the yep. wrong side of everything. Yes. He's heavy-handed with people trying to peacefully protest. He is horrible, horrible on um, criminal justice, as I think you mentioned. Mm-hmm. He's just a goddamn nightmare. Yes. And because he's got this sort of folksy Midwestern, you know, uh, you know, he, he doesn't curse and he's not bombastic. He's right. sort he doesn't of, like act like an asshole. Right. Publicly. Outwardly. Like he's not like Chris Christie or Trump, right? Right. He's not. But his he, policies are worse in some cases. No, absolutely. I mean, it's horrible. He's more effective at doing horrible, horrible things. Right. Uh, he's finally gone. And the and who's Republican the guy that replaced him, I don't know. Uh, I forgot his name, but the Rep- <laughs> it doesn't even matter. It's Scott Walker. But the Republican-led legislature there is trying some bullfuckery to try to neuter him. We're, we'll see what happens with that. But Scott Walker lost. Right. Uh, doesn't have a job anymore. Doesn't other. Uh, doesn't have a job. Other really good news: Barbara Comstock is out. She was obnoxious. Dave Bratt, a Tea Party awful garbage person who unseated Eric Cantor because Eric Cantor wasn't Tea Party enough for those mm-hmm. those crazy people in that district. He lost. He's out. Um, what else we got in the good? Kim Davis. Kim Davis got beat by a gay man who yes. was denied an actual. Was it? I don't know if it was that guy. One of the guys exactly, but I think. I don't Kentucky, know. If, I think if, he was somebody who was denied a marriage license. I don't know, but I know that she doesn't have a job anymore. She's out. She's done, which is fucking great. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it was a, it was good. There's a lot of good and oh, I almost forgot Dana Rohrbacher. Oh yeah, that's He's right. He's Audi five thousand. Mm-hmm. Now I would have really enjoyed the spectacle of a sitting Republican member of Congress being indicted for like you know collusion and espionage while he was <laughs> in Congress. But now we'll get to see that just the regular uh, Dana Rohrbacher was just so blatant with his. Uh, basically being a sitting Russian spy in the United States Congress. Right. It, it was kind of surreal. Uh, he's gone. He's out. Um, who else? I know there's more garbage people that, that got tossed on their ass last night, and I'm kind of drawing a blank. Well, besides the people who are out, I would like to talk about the people who got elected. Yes. Who replaced them. Yes. We have kind of an extraordinary group of people who are coming in to sit in the House of Representatives, and I could not be more excited about it. Um I think that that's something that we should all be really proud of. Um, these people didn't win because they went to the middle of the road. These people didn't win no. because they decided to be centrist and hope to clip <laughs> no. off some Republican voters and not. No, no, no. These are a bunch of progr- unabashedly, unapologetically progressive, um, diverse, lots of women of color, um, young people. I mean, it's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Ayanna Presley is the first black uh, congressperson out of Massachusetts. Of course, <clears throat> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, we've got uh, two um, Native American, two indigenous women, mm-hmm. one of whom is gay. 
Um, I mean, these are some serious people who are talented and smart and progressive and fiery, and they're not going to take any shit from any old dudes. Yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, So I'm really excited to see them come in and and what kind of a difference that's going to make on the House floor. And, um, you know, I I was saying earlier, like not a group of people I trust more than women of color to make good choices politically. So the more the merrier. And they these women really are extraordinary. And I just I'm. I'm so excited. And they don't give a shit about, well, I don't know. They're not going to take any shit. They're not going to uh, vote a certain way because somebody wants them to for some, no. They're going to be principled and and uh, and really, I think, elevate our party to where it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is great. Um, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to seeing that happen. And some other good news, there were some unexpected pickups uh, for the House in Texas. Thanks to Beto, most likely, mm-hmm. uh, in Georgia. There was at least one. Thanks uh, to Stacey I Abrams. I think. Thanks to Stacey Abrams um, in a losing effort, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, in California, there's some unexpected pickups. In New York, there's some unexpected pickups. Uh, of course, nobody talked about Ocasio-Cortez because her yeah. her you know, her know general election wasn't going to be very competitive because she's in a safe seat. But No, the, her, her election battle was the primary. Yes. And she won. Yeah. The guy they painted as this rapper off the street who's actually a Rhodes Scholar, he won in a very Republican district. Um, uh, so, you know, that was great in New York. Um, uh, what's his? Leonard Lance, uh, anti-healthcare uh, guy, uh, got tossed. So um trying to think of some more big uh, big ones from last night. We talked about Dave Bratt losing, talked about Comstock losing. Um, we talked about obviously we have the house and it's growing. John Tester held on in uh, Montana, held on to that seat precariously, but he did. And Chris, Kristen Cinema, they're still tallying up the votes. She has a chance maybe they got to tally up a billion and a half absentee ballots in Arizona. It's going to take like a week. Um, so lots of good. Yeah. Lots to be happy about. Yes. Anything else I'm forgetting from the good? Um, How about some amendments that passed? Uh, four in Florida. That's a big one. That's a huge one. Potentially. That is a huge, huge, huge deal. Amendment four in Florida um, reinstitutes the, the voting rights of people who have um, been convicted of a felony and completed their sentence. Although their new governor is going to try to fuck that, but we'll have to see what happens there. I mean, the voters passed an amendment to their constitution. Yeah, but so Rick we'll Scott see. has done that a bunch of times. Just, oh yeah, fuck your amendment. We're but, in the good. Yeah, we're in the good. True. But I'm just saying that for, uh, that fight's not over for that one. Okay. Um, Colorado removed slavery from the constitution. <laughs> Yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah. There was a similar amendment somewhere else that oh, didn't didn't pass. I want to say Alabama uh, or something like that. But yeah, we, we got rid of that one. Thank God. Yeah. But no, the Florida thing I think is important to talk about because there's approximately 1.4 million uh, voters in the state of Florida that this could potentially affect. Um, and, you know, in franchising these felons, I think it's really important Um People who've been convicted of felonies and have done prison time have a markedly different opinion about politics and outlook on things. And I would really value um, those opinions. I was reading a piece from the Marshall Project because here in Colorado, uh, you can vote if you're a felon. Um, 
And a lot of people don't know that. They look at Florida and they think that's nationwide, like it's some sort of federal law. And you it's can not. also run for office. Right. Um, and so, well, not in Colorado. You, have, you can't be a felon and, and hold public office. Um, but anyway, when they were going into this prison to register all, all of these voters, I guess it wasn't prison, it was jail, because it was people who had not yet been sentenced. But <clears throat> the interesting thing that they thought was not so much that they were worried about uh, the same issues that you and I are worried about. They were really interested in being able to retain or not retain judges. Mm-hmm. And they were really interested in the DAs and mm-hmm. the um, attorney general race. Um, and so I think that that's just a perspective. I think, first of all, it's just criminal to not allow people to vote. Yeah, yeah. It's just because you've, if you've done your time, right. You know, then you should be able to vote. Then you should be able to vote. <laughs> I think you should be able to vote if you haven't even. Yeah, of yeah. course it affects you. You're still a citizen just because your rights have been just because you're incarcerated. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and the reason they do it is, blatantly obvious right because the way that our our law enforcement structure works men of color in particular are disproportionately affected and so we can just disenfranchise a bunch of black and brown people real fast by just saying anybody who's convicted of a felony that's not to say that they commit more felonies by the way they Mm -hmm. just are much more likely to get convicted of them and to plea out um because it's expensive um anyway so that's really really important and really exciting and i'm I'm really glad. Um, And now I think the big thing there is just a push for registering that 1.4 million uh, person population. Yep. um, Because there's already people on top of it. Yeah. Um, That's critical. Yep. And it could really change things in Florida. If a significant portion of those 1.4 million people vote consistently, that's a lot of voters potentially on our side of a lot of issues. Um, And it could change some things in Florida. So I think it's, it's important. Yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, marijuana was legalized. Yes, in a, in a couple places. other places. I forget where. Um, I think Michigan mm-hmm. was one of them. Recreational. And then somewhere else was just uh, medical. I can't remember. There's too many things. <laughs> Big gains in the state house in Michigan, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. And a something good in Louisiana passed too. I was thinking of your friend Kristen and I'm glad she voted. I forget what, what it was, but you know, there's so much to keep track of. We can't yeah. follow the amendments on every ballot. <laughs> and I don't every just want to like read you the Washington Post article. You can fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are the things that we're excited about. And okay. um, <clears throat> I'm just, I really think a lot of good happened and it could have not gone that way. Yeah. And we'd be talking about a whole different kind of world. Well, now let's shift gears and talk about some of the bad things that happened last night. Yeah. Uh, the the big thing, obviously, is that Republicans, uh, to this point, have gained two seats in the Senate, and they're probably going to be three once they call or do a recount of the uh, Florida Senate race, which is kind of on the, on the higher end of what I expected. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still not happy about it. Uh, remember, Democrats were in a really rough spot of defending how many seats, like nine or ten? Right, and they only had to defend a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> the math was not on our side. Uh, and It means it will be in 2020, remember? It will be in the end. The House is going to flip. We'll get to 2020 another time. But um, we, <coughs> we, if we only end up losing three, yeah... Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's not ideal because not then we ideal. lose that that magic. Maybe Jeff Flake, maybe Lisa Murkowski, right? <laughs> not really, though. but not really. I mean, once in a blue moon, they... yeah. And we don't need that anymore. 
We don't right. need it because we, we have the house, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's not fine. These people have six-year terms, and they're nightmare people, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, the the heartbreak, I think, for me and most of you probably is Beto, um, Stacey Abrams, and Andrew Gillum. Yeah. Dude, can I start with Florida because I have so much to say? Yeah. Uh, as you guys probably know, I'm from Florida. And, you know, my last memories of Florida were were getting Obama over the hump. Yeah. You know, and and sending Democrats to Congress from Florida. And we really felt like we had turned the corner. Um, We got young people out. We got people of color out. I mean, I volunteered, as did everybody in my age group, pretty much, it felt like, in 2008. And we really felt like, oh boy, we've turned Florida blue. Right. Oh boy, were we wrong. Right. And oh boy, has it flipped back. And now it's it's becoming as intransigent as Kansas. More so, This time than Kansas, than, apparently. Than Kansas. It's going like the opposite <laughs> direction. And that's really frustrating because what happened, and this is why at the beginning of the night I felt really queasy and so did Rachel, because Florida was kind of the big first contest that we were following. And I was following Florida very, very closely and... It, it was unfolding leading up to last night, the way it unfolded in 2016. Like it was mirroring it. It was, well, I'm talking even in the weeks leading up. And I was pushing that down and being like, it's not 2016. It's not 2016. It's just your PTSD. Yep. It's different this time because it was unfolding the same way. You had these huge early vote numbers in Dade and Broward and Palm Beach. And, you know, you're thinking, okay. In these bright red counties, in these rural places in Florida, you had this massive turnout. But for a midterm, it's not going to be like a presidential year. There's, they can't do that again. I think we're, we think we got it this time. And the polls looked great. Gillum led every poll everywhere, uh, and Nelson in the last couple of weeks was leading a bunch of them, and like by four, five, six points, reputable pollsters. And you thought, okay, it's probably not going to be that. But even if it's just one or two, then then we're good. Right. And oh, you had all these non-affiliated voters and oh, the non-affiliated voters are people of color and they're first time voters and they're young and the Republicans only have a 2% ballot advantage. So you figure in these unaffiliated, it's looking really good. And, and all the, the prognosticators who know the state are like, it's looking good for the Democrats. And this is like, it, I mean, note for note 2016. Yep. And then like <clears throat> early on in the night, same thing. I'm looking at the early returns and wow, look at the numbers in Broward. Wow. Look at the numbers in Palm Beach. We're in great shape. And then, like, it starts coming in from the fucking north and the west and the rural parts, and here we go again. They're they're, you know, they're passing us by, and they're they are showing up in the numbers they did in 2016, pretty much. And it's like, oh my god, they did it to me again, and they did it to me again. Yeah. And it's really close, and and they're gonna probably get close enough to do a recount but we're talking like 30 40,000 votes that you can't make that up in a recount you you know if yeah. it was like a thousand or less i would say okay you know maybe there was some big error from one precinct and you can make that up and you know hanging chads and shit um but you're not going to make up that number we're spinning our wheels they're trying god bless them there's a bunch of returned absentee ballots that if they can get everybody to verify and that might help but we lost florida and why that stings for me so much not only being a native floridian think about this right 2016 hillary clinton winds up losing florida by about a point and a half between a point and a half and two points not insurmountable 
And then since then, well, what happens? Well, a bunch of a bunch of new Puerto Rican people have moved to the area, and then you had Parkland, and the kids are pissed off, and they're uh, and they're very politically active now, and those Parkland kids are registering a bunch of people all over the state, and they're really fired up. And then you have the red tide with the toxic algae from all the agricultural runoff that under Rick Scott and because of climate change. And you're thinking, and then like Trump is a horrible garbage person. And you're thinking like all these things combined, that's got to move the needle at least a couple points, right? Right. right. Well, it moved it barely a point. And, you know, and I know there's other factors, but basically when you boil it down, all that stuff moved the needle one point, which was not enough. We needed it to move a solid like two, two and a half points. And that's another enraging thing is like, we moved one point. If we could have got one more stinking point, we would have been over, we could have done it. Right. And it's frustrating. It, it really is like Florida is just, it's like part of me wants to just throw up my hands and say it's a lost cause, but look how close it is. Yeah. I know. It's too close to, to give up. We have to keep pushing. I know. But then it's just heartbreaking. It's just so heartbreaking. <laughs> Florida breaks your heart. And like a lot of people point to that and go, oh, the polls are all wrong. No, the polls actually were really, really good this time around, except for fucking Florida. Right. Um, so I don't trust any more polls in Florida. <laughs> I don't never, <laughs> never again. I thought I learned my lesson in 2016. Um, and then, you know, I mean, every poll had Gillum up. Yep. Everyone. And and he he came up short, and I I I'm not gonna waste time delving into the whole polling thing. That's a whole other topic, but like, yeah, uh, Florida fucking a. I know. Okay, I want to talk about Georgia. Okay, Stacey Abrams, probably the most qualified person running for governor this time around, maybe ever. Uh, she's just incredible. She's a, just a really really smart. Um, Went to Yale, is currently the uh, Senate president uh, for the State House, an organizer, also a romance novelist. Um, <laughs> she's amazing and she's incredible and she's unabashedly a black lady. She's not doing the Barack Obama. She talks about her experience as a black woman and how that could help the people of Georgia. She's she didn't a, shy yeah. away from the fact that she's a black woman. Nope. She embraced the fact that she's a black woman, and I loved every second of it. And she's inspiring, and yes. she's smart, and she is she's charismatic, and she's really warm, and she's just great. I, lo- yeah. I just love her. So, And she came damn close. Well, she's not conceited. She's not conceited. There, there, she, uh, her camp is hopeful that when all the write-in and absentee and the, you know, the provisional votes get counted, that it'll be close enough for a recount. I'm not seeing it in the numbers. I think they're going to come up short of that, but that's fine. But it's fine. also extraordinary that a black woman almost became the governor of fucking Georgia. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's right? amazing. Because the argument is, for this day and age, in the Deep South, for a black woman to to, to become that close, uh, and, and we're talking, a, it's like two points, yeah. you know? Um, that's really good, and that's about kind of where I expected it to fall. Yeah, but I also want to talk about why maybe it was that short? Yes, absolutely. And there is some bad shit here. Brian fucking Kemp, <clears throat> Secretary of State, which is the people that—that's the guy who's in charge of the elections. Uh huh. Also running against her as governor. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine uh, that. That is ridiculous. criminal. First of all, you should not be able to run for any office while being the Secretary of State. That's except for be more Secretary of State again. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Even you recuse yourself <laughs> from that job while you're running. I mean, it's that's ludicrous. Hard, it's but, ludicrous yeah. that this is happening. And so what did he do? Well, he decided to suppress a whole bunch of motherfucking votes. There were polling places that had voting machines that they didn't bring power cords to, so they just didn't work. <laughs> it just didn't work. There was a polling place... That just didn't open. That just didn't open. There, there was, was a one, building that got foreclosed on. There was one that... Uh, there were three voting machines, and at any given time, there was like 3,000 people yeah. waiting to vote. Voter suppression. Classic voter suppression. Voter Classic suppression. voter suppression. There were... And that's, um, that's what we know about on the front end. We yeah. don't, this guy controls the election, so we don't know what shenanigans happened on the back end. Right. Now, it's I, very likely that Stacey Abrams would have won handily if there was not all of this bullshit happening. It's possible. Um, and I, I think that that needs to be investigated. I do. And I think it should be investigated. I think it will be. It's not going to change the outcome of this election. But, it, you know, going forward, you know. Well, let's elect her to something else because I love her. Oh, she's not going anywhere. And neither is Beto, and we'll get to him in a second. Yeah. Um, and, so that's and, and a lot of... got a future, too. Oh, me too. That's, yeah. a, lot of, that's a lot of bad in, um, in the state of Georgia. <clears throat> it was. It is inspiring that her campaign was inspiring, and she's inspiring, and I think she's amazing, and, and it, it's amazing that it was so close. Um, yeah. And really, really fucking heartbreaking. That was the one that killed me. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know... It is what it is, I guess. Um, and then we have Texas. Yeah, they, they teased this early on because the early returns came out of some very strong Democratic strongholds. Oh, look at these numbers. This is going to be this is going to come down to the wire. And I was like, I know the Texas map a little better because I lived there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, probably not. No. Um, but and just like we, we, we predicted on this show, Beto's going to make it really, really, really close. Yeah. And he's going to scare the shit out of Ted Cruz. And he's going to come up just short, and that's exactly what happened. Closer than like anyone's ever come to that seat, though. In, in, since Ann Richards, yeah. Yeah, right. Three points. Three. That's insane. Yeah. For what Texas? did he win it last time by? Like double digits. Oh yeah. 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 I don't even remember who his challenger was last time. Um, I don't either. <laughs> did he have one? Um, in 2012, but, I don't even remember. Yeah, he did, and they got crushed by like 20 points. Is God, he's amazing. I mean, this is what I'm saying about the candidates that we have. The pool of people that the Democratic Party is nominating as their candidates. We're doing a really fucking good job. Let's talk about the flip side of that for a second. So you have Chris Collins in New York who won re-election who is under criminal indictment. You had a dead... Uh, pimp. Pimp in Nevada. Who won. Who, who got to, his dead body was discovered by Ron Jeremy... Uh, during an, a birthday party orgy, yep. um, he won. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get to the a dead uh, pimp. A dead pimp won. Uh, oh, I forgot to include in the good. We have a Rosen in the Senate, everybody. Uh, my last name is Rosen. In case you didn't know, very excited this year. We have a starting Rosen quarterback in the NFL who's not playing well right now, but he's a rookie. That's okay. And now we have a Rosen in the Senate. The Rosens are taking over. <laughs> they should. So that's good news. She's also a Democrat. Um, Jackie Rosen in Nevada won last night. So good to add that with good. But oh yeah. Uh, who else? There's another Duncan Hunter, another guy under criminal indictment. Yeah. Is it says so and then you have various racists and garbage people. Those are your Republican candidates. Yeah, Steve King won. Steve King. Uh, I'll get to that. That's another part of the bad. 
we did not get to this last podcast because we did this immediately after we stopped the podcast. We made some calls and phone banked for Steve King's opponent, J.D. Uh, Shulton, who's basically unknown, came out of nowhere, gave Steve King a good run for his money. I think he wound up losing by five or six, something Which like that. pretty good. Or six or seven. So it was, I mean, he lost. It was closer so. than expected. Right. But we knew we were going to come up short because of the phone banking we did. Yes. Um, it was it interesting. Was it was depressing as fuck. But it was really interesting. It right? was very illuminating and I knew I lasted an hour. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that seat's gone. I, I did a little bit more. That seat's gone. Um, the most interesting thing was, remember, all politics is local. Like, everybody in that district, like, knows Steve King personally. Yeah. Like, I spoke to a guy who was like, oh, I've known him for years. And I was like, personally? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're in the dirt business. I, he's, he's, I, I sell him I dirt or he sold me dirt or something. And I was like, oh. I've spoke to, I spoke to three or four of those people. Yeah. I spoke to a guy. The most heartbreaking one of all of them was this guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm probably going to vote for Steve King. And I was like, can I ask you why? And he's like, yeah, I don't know your guy. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know, but like, can I tell you about him? You know? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, well, aren't you concerned about some of the stuff Steve King's been saying? Like, as an Iowan, I'm concerned. I'm not an Iowan. I made that up. <laughs> as an Iowan, like, I'm concerned. I don't want somebody representing us that way, making us look like we're all just a bunch of country racists over here, you know? He's like, yeah, I know, but you know, I don't know your guy. I never heard from him, and I don't know. You yeah, just pick and- the devil you know. And I was like, but the devil you know is literally a Nazi. <laughs> Like, but the, promise you my guy's not a Nazi. But I, I had a lot of those conversations. And, and and it wasn't even that guy acknowledging that Steve King says horrible racist things, but I know him and he's good for the economy or, you know, what, whatever reason they do like him. Um, a lot of that was when I got to that, it's like, well, aren't you worried about these things he's saying and the white supremacy stuff and the Austrian website? And, and they're like, oh, no, that's not really him. And the media right. blows that stuff out of proportion. Look, I know Steve King. He's not a racist. Right. They really believe that. Yeah, they do. They do. Or or they don't they don't know they don't acknowledge what racism racism is or their own racism. Or they're like they everybody does it. Yeah. Every, right. they, both oh, sides yeah, both are sides mean are and you know, you know yeah. how it is, how politics are. And you're like, "No, no, I'm yeah. telling you this is different." But what we did not get. We did not get any, <clears throat> I mean, we got a lot of grouchy white people and Republicans. Oh, I had a guy remember the George Soros guy. Yeah. My yeah. last call. Yeah, but we didn't get anybody that was like, "That's right, the Jews and the N-words and No. Like, no, we no. didn't get that. No. No, no, no. No, of course not. They're lovely Midwestern people. They don't actually say the N-word out loud. They just right. think it in their head. Yes. <laughs> and be impolite. But but that's, that was illuminating. It yes. really was. Yes. So when we say, like, how can you vote for this Nazi? They don't see him as a Nazi. Mm-mm. They he, don't believe the media. He's just a don't... conservative guy. And he always calls me back when I call him. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that. I don't know what to say to that. I mean. So all politics is local and, and you know, they know, they know Steve King and... Uncle, they're not going to vote out Uncle Steve. No. Not yet. He's now, nice. A lot of those people are going to die off. The ones I talk to, they sound like they're going to die off within like the next year. Well, it's phone banking, so it's landlines. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's old people. <laughs> really old people. Really old people. All of mine were old, except for I talked to one young-ish, like probably in her like 30s or 40s, mm-hmm. who was voting for our guy, mm-hmm. Shulton. <laughs> yeah. But I talked to two people who were going to vote for Shulton. But it was it was so consistent. And like you said, I only did it for an hour, but you must have talked to like 20 people. I mean, yeah. like, and I talked to way more. So we got a good feel for that district, yeah. and we knew. 
Yeah. And we're like, no, there's no way he's winning. And I think it's interesting. I'm not trying to shit on his campaign, but... Um, well, we don't know enough about it. But I think probably what happened is nobody was expecting that race to be even a little bit close. No. And they were really And so they, they put in, like, you know, a rookie campaign yeah. staff on infrastructure. Craig, somebody on Craigslist. And they didn't know what they were doing. And the reason I'm telling you they didn't know what they were doing is because... According to the script that we were, it was a get out the vote drive, right? Not persuasion anymore. Just call people and make sure they're going to vote. The thing about that is, though, when you're working for a campaign, you're working to elect a specific individual. So you don't just want to, like, you know, be benevolent and hope everyone votes. That's not how it works. You want to make sure the people that are going to vote for your guy vote. Yeah. So you make sure your volunteers are only going to call likely voters for your guy. And I'm talking to a bunch of Republicans, and I literally emailed the campaign manager after it was over, and I was like, what am I doing on the phone with Republicans? It's get out the vote. What it, what, it, what are we doing? And he emails me back, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you, you know, when you when you phone bank, you just get a hold of a little bit of everybody, and uh, you're, you're likely to run into some Republicans. And I'm like, you're to miss the point, man. <laughs> no, no. Volunteer resources are the scarcest thing. They're gold and you use them and you, it's like, what, what is happening? So based on that conversation and the conversations I had phone banking, I was very certain that our guy was not going to win. But he made it close. But we did our part and he was close. Um, Yeah. So anyway, that's bad, obviously. Um, (laughs) There was a, a law passed in Alabama. Mm. Fucking person amendment. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. We've talked about this in previous years because they floated in Colorado two cycles in a row, and, and the Gardner state said, laughed them out of the yeah. the world. They just said, "Get the fuck out of our state!" Like they lost, like it was like seventy thirty yeah. in Colorado. So they were like, "Maybe we don't pick a blue state. Maybe we should pick a red state." So they did. They went down to Alabama and they won. And a similar one in West Virginia passed, not as draconian, but with the trigger mechanism that if and when. Uh, the Supreme Court over um, overturns Roe. Overturns Roe that they can immediately basically make all abortions illegal. Right, and the one in Alabama though is it's what makes uh, makes a fertilized egg a citizen. Oh, it, it's one of those ones that could criminalize you having an IUD, and, a miscarriage. Uh, inver- you have in to vitro fertilization, you, you literally have to define the fetus as a person. So yeah, that having a miscarriage um, I, means that you yeah. have to define that miscarriage. The, not you, the law, like the DA, the prosecutor's office is required to when a fetus dies, the same thing as a person dies. And you have to classify that death. And if that death is as a result of anything that the woman potentially could have done, it's at the very least manslaughter. Right. Um, I suppose we could make an argument about self-defense if the life of the woman was in danger. Um, and I, we can hope that they they might look the other way like they do with weed laws. But if these like no le prosecue women who have miscarriages or like, fall down the stairs or <sighs> drink or, um, you know, smoke while they're pregnant. Is, or I mean, it's terrifying. It's legitimately terrifying. When I was in college, I had a D.A. come in and talk to our class and he was like, Legit, I don't care how you feel about abortion. This shit is crazy for... We don't want to enforce this. I don't want to arrest a bunch of women for having miscarriages. Like, you do, I don't think you understand. Like, if a woman... If you get in a car accident, let's say, and you're found at fault, like, the, and you didn't know you were pregnant, right? You're, like, two weeks along or whatever. 
And then you have a miscarriage, like you killed that baby. Yeah. Now the sponsors of that bill say that's not. Come on, you're exact. That's no, not what we what need. What is literally the, the text the, of the, the law? Yeah. The problem is when you read the text of the law, it can be read <clears throat> that way. So if the sheriff wants to read it that way, the prosecutor wants to read it that way, they're required to. Yes. Is what this DA told us. Yeah. Like this is very serious. It's a it's a very serious legal problem to have now yeah this is very problematic i think courts are gonna rip it apart but i think it's gonna be really bad for women yeah in the meantime um so that shit's fucking terrifying get out of alabama if you can <laughs> yeah that's all i could say i mean i don't know what else to do point. i don't know like, how to help I, I, these people my knee-jerk reaction was to say get out of florida which i did but you know we're we're close there so again I'll, I'll get done with florida i know florida broke my heart last night it's really hard for me to get over i know it's just tough i'm you know i uh, all the good things that happened last night fucking florida just like just was stuck in my craw and will be for months and months and months and months yeah um but um, bat, we're still in the bad, yeah. What else happened that was bad? Uh, Devin Nunes <laughs> won his seat, which I guess really wasn't in much doubt. He got a token challenge. Um, we talked about camp. Um, we talked about um, Republican governors in some Northeast states held on, but Republican governors in Northeast states are not normal Republican governors. Right. They're not. They're they're they're. I mean, they're not rhi- Democrats, they're, but they're, they're they're rhinos. They're basically moderate Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Baker and Hogan in Maryland and um, uh, Connecticut. Actually, they Connecticut almost went red for the governor, but they stuck with the Democrat. So Maine, um, but no, that's more the, the the good column. That awful, terrible, garbage governor who said he's moving to Florida, who's finally out, and they elected a Democrat in in uh, Maine's place. Yeah, Paula Page. Ah, oh he's, God, he's Florida, Jesus! So of course he is. Name gives me PTSD. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, yeah. So bad things. We lost some ground in the Senate. Yeah, um, Indiana, still bright red. Uh, Ohio, ugh, Ohio used to be a swing state. I think like Colorado, it's no longer a swing state. I think Ohio is just solid red territory. Although Sherrod Brown won. So maybe that's not quite He's an fair. institution. He is an institution. So was Mike Kaufman. Yeah, but he, he's like Steve King. Like everybody knows Sherrod Brown. Like they just they know him. He's yeah. the, there's the and, guy. and he's liked even among the white working class in the rurals. And you yeah, know, they, they don't care that he's a dem. They they like him. They like even him. though he's pretty damn progressive. He is. He he doesn't. But you know he's he's rightish, middleish on some economic stuff and steel and. And he stuff doesn't like talk that. about himself as a progressive, so they don't yeah, see him that exactly. way. Exactly. And nobody else talks about him that way because we don't want him to lose his seat. <laughs> so we just all pretend like he's not. That's another thing, guys. Let, let's talk about this, right? Uh, there, the, the, the punditry always tries to uh, paint these broad strokes to describe everything, and, and it just doesn't work that way. Andrew, I truly believe that Abrams and Gillum and Beto, even though they came up short got as close as they did by running unabashedly progressive. That's right. And then people look at like West Virginia and they say, oh, we got to get that Joe Manchin out. We got to primary him. Like if he had tried to run as a progressive, he would have gotten killed. Right. And we'd have a Republican that, there. I, it's like, look, by the same West token, Virginia. though, by the same token, these people did not get close by being boring centrist Democrats that are trying to pick up independent seats and, and seats from Republicans. That's that what don't I'm like saying. Right. You got to know your territory. You do. Where, Absolutely. Where it's it's like play. Arliss and I were talking about Indiana, right? 
And she was saying, you know, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but I think that, like, we got to keep him. We got to keep this guy because he's a he's a centrist Democrat and he doesn't like abortion. But we should talk about Donnelly. Yeah. Well, he lost anyway. Did he? Yeah. Shit. He got crushed. She's like, but he's a genuinely like nice person. I've met him and I know him and he's nice. Yeah. And he's also a Democrat. So, okay. He lost. No, nope, so. he lost bad. Well, fuck that. Yeah. Indiana and Ohio. Like a lot of the Midwest really came through and rejected Trump, especially, you know, that's the big thing, right? <laughs> Trump won the presidency by, by big time upsets by very narrow margins in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And those all flipped the other way. Okay. Last night. Good. For the most part. So he picked up a bunch of state houses. Uh, of course, we just ungerrymandered Pennsylvania and kind of went a little far and gerrymandered it in our direction a little bit. <laughs> and that helped in Pennsylvania. We picked up a bunch of seats there. Um, Tom Wolf held on easily. Wisconsin, obviously, we booted out Walker. Tammy Baldwin won easily. The state house is still a garbage mess of awful garbage puke-inducing Republicans. So... You know, Wisconsin deal with that. Minnesota, solidly blue. So the Midwest... Uh, came back around. Came back around. Yeah. Uh, but They the, don't like this guy. Midwesterners, they, he's just... Yeah, and, and you know, with them, dick. I think it is more almost more style over substance. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, this is, this is not how we behave in polite society. This is not good. Yeah. I wouldn't let my kid act that way. Why do I let the president act that way? Yeah. On that note, let's take a quick break and then we will uh, kind of pivot to our overall thoughts on the night. Uh, if we have to rehash that, I don't know if we do. I don't think so. And then we'll talk about shit that's going on today because a lot of shit's going on today that we need to talk about. Yeah. So don't go anywhere. Be right back. Okay. Welcome back to Reverend Testimony. And you had some closing thoughts about the midterms. I do. Um, number one, voter suppression is not a thing that we should only talk about on election day. Yeah. It's a thing that we should talk about every day. And voting infrastructure is not just a thing we should talk about on election day. We know when elections are scheduled. Yes. It's not like, shit, tomorrow's the election. What are we going to do? Right. We know. Yeah. So we need to invest in elections yes. and we need to invest in infrastructure so that we have ample voting machines and we have paper ballots and fucking get rid of voting machines, by the way. They're glitchy and they require power and they're kind of useless and they're expensive and they can be hacked into. Uh. And I just think maybe we need to go back to paper ballots. That's how we do it in Colorado. Um, I think also we need to seriously talk about um, in every state, because it's not going to be a federal thing. So start bugging your uh, state reps and state senators about <clears throat> um, opt-out registration rather than opt-in. Yeah. Um, about mail-in ballots and early voting in every state. Um, and when things like 
oh, they moved our polling station to two miles outside of town, 20 minutes from the nearest public transportation. When stuff <laughs> like that starts happening, let's not wait until right before. Let's start really holding people's feet to the fire because it's an absolute violation of everything we say we care about when we make it impossible for people to vote. Yep. So that's the first thing I was going to say. And just because the election's over doesn't mean anything. That means that now's the time to be talking about the next one. Um, number two, I think that this new crop of um, House members that we're about to have, this new freshman class, um, I'm really excited about them, and I'm really hopeful about them. And I also think we need to remember that it's, you know, if we can... First of all, I think they're moving the party in a direction that's really good and really healthy and is something that <clears throat> most of the base of the Democratic Party reflects our values. Um, our party has moved left, and the party members have moved left. And as our generation takes more power, um, actual power, like Alexandra is uh, 29, right? Mm-hmm. Um we need to continue to do that. Um, and also we're creating, we're changing the party and we're creating a base of power that can last for a generation. You know, Alexandra can be the next Diana to get or, you know, um, Bernie Sanders or whatever. Like they can be in government for decades, continuing to be amazing and, and pushing the party left. I think getting new blood is important. I think, the diversity of experience, lived experience, um, and perspective is going to make a huge difference. It's not just a bunch of old, rich white guys anymore. And I really think that's going to be a significant shift, and I'm really hopeful about that. So those are the two things I would say. Okay. Yeah, I definitely echo those thoughts. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about, okay, well, what's the model? Is it to be more centrist? Is it to be more progressive? And on the whole, I think it's to be more progressive. There are some exceptions to that rule in places like West Virginia and, you know. I know. I wonder, though. I wonder if that's true. Because look at Texas. Look at Ted Cruz and Beto. Like, Beto, sorry. Texas is not a liberal place. And he went to all kinds of rural parts of Texas and talked exactly the same way to those people as he did to people in Austin. Yeah, but it didn't help him in the rural parts of Texas. You don't think so? No. Uh, no, <laughs> that's why he lost. He's, well, he I think he still got mm-hmm. crushed in the in the rurals, um, as did Gillum. You're telling me he didn't do any better at I, all. I, I would have Alaska. to. I would have to look. You should. Look. He probably did a tiny bit better, but you know, I, again, there's this fight, and and we're. I saw a lot of that coming in today. That especially in places like Florida and places like Ohio and Indiana, the rurals are just crushing it for Republicans. It hasn't gotten any better since 2016. And so there's a lot of knee jerks saying, okay, well, we got to do a better job of convincing more of those people to vote no. Democratic. No. And I'm just from a pure numbers perspective of saying, okay, well, we could do that. We could spend hours and hours and hours, you know, trying to squeeze blood out of a rock, the people who are going to completely tune us out. Or every one of us, every liberal progressive type person out there, can probably think of at least three or four people that did not vote that probably more or less are on the same lines of believing in the same kind of stuff we do, Mm -hmm. right? Multiply that by how many tens, hundreds of thousands, millions of getting that, those one or two more people to vote. Right. And that's what I was saying earlier about like, 
early voting. And they're right, they're right here in the cities. Opt in, opt out rather. Like, they're, they're, yeah. in, they're in the cities and they're in the suburbs or they just moved here or their rights were just restored or they just turned 18. But you want to go out to the country and, and work on those, you know, those rural people. Hey, maybe you can. Maybe you can find that magic formula. But I think in order to get the people that we are talking about to vote. You gotta have candidates like Beto. No, you gotta I, have good, solid, absolutely. amazingly like can speak intelligently and charismatically yeah. and and authentically. He didn't have any pollsters. He ran his campaign in a real different way than anybody has run it down there. And he was more successful than anybody has even come close to in that Absolutely. Race. Like you know, um boy, uh <laughs> I think just, and and I know that's not what people want to hear. Oh, that's just going to make us even more polarized. It's like, well, we got to win. And and I think the winning comes from drumming up more votes right here in our neighborhood than going out to the country and, and trying to talk to people who... I'm okay with being polarized because the things I believe in are not things that I'm willing to uh, capitulate about. I'm not willing to say... Well, in order to get Marge to vote, I guess I'm okay with taking away women's reproductive rights. But that's, or, that's the thing, right? We can't do that. We have got to sell them on a progressive agenda somehow or not talk about those things and talk about things they do care about. Like, hey, Marge, we know we don't want your health care taken away. And I think you just frame it right, right? I think most people agree with us and the people that don't agree with us are never going to agree with us. Like, There's just no way. But there's yeah. a way to frame most things that progressive party ideals stand for that if you can get you know people who don't really know or that like maybe it seems extreme or whatever sure and, and we're not talk talking about, about turning the rurals blue we're talking I'm about talking about my dad go, I mean, my dad it doesn't matter we're, we're could, to, but we're talking about like changing from losing by 40 to 50 percent out in these parts to only losing by 25 or 30 and that could make a huge difference right right but not at the expense of the things that I believe, not at the expense of the people I care about. Well, that's the problem. I'm not doing it. I will say this until I'm blue in the face. I'm not a purist. I'm not going to not vote for a Democrat because they're not perfect. I'm saying I will not allow so that Marge maybe might vote for my guy to put like kids in cages. Yeah. And have women have back alley abortions and die. And well, obviously, then then there's no point in us doing what we're doing. Why, why win? Yeah, why why be involved at all? Why when if we're going to not believe in anything that we believe in? But I think there's a, we just have to be better about two things. Making it easier to vote, making it more convenient to vote, um, having really good candidates that excite people, mm-hmm. and then fucking Christ messaging, figuring <sighs> out a way. And I think Beto needs to just run the Democratic Party. <laughs> Because his messaging is so perfect yeah. and it's so authentic. Yeah. He can go to some rural part of Texas and talk about how kneeling is patriotic and nobody booed him. They were just like, oh, and it goes viral and everyone's like, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Like, it's not divisive. It's not bombastic. It's I, just, you know, I have to look I at feel. the numbers. Here's but what I think. I don't know that Beto <clears throat> made a whole lot of headway in the rurals. He had to try. He had to go out there. So I don't know. We, we, we got to think we got to give a little more critical thought to this phenomenon of do we just focus on turning more and more and more people in our strongholds out, which I think should be the priority, uh, or do we focus more on the exurbs and the rural people who are just crushing us right now? 
Um, uh, we would love to do both, but there's a limited amount of time and resources, obviously. So, and I do think that we sacrifice, I think the people who won, Sharice Davids, right, out of Kansas. Mm-hmm. All of these people who won, these women of color, did not run. There's a Somali refugee that won in Minnesota. Yeah. Anna Presley in Massachusetts. These women did not win and become the first of so many firsts, yeah. right? By being like, well, I'm, I'm, I don't really want to. I don't know if Medicare. That might be a little bit extreme. They didn't do that. They maybe, just, maybe we should build a wall. Maybe a, right. just a, a small wall and the really <laughs> dangerous parts. And there might be a couple of dangerous people in that caravan. No, they were just like, fuck that. No, stop. And they're gonna do that when they get to Congress. That's too, right. Which is great. That's right. Um, yeah. So okay. Well, That's my opinion. There'll be we'll have so much more time to talk about this, <laughs> but and we will. Uh, moving on though today. Uh, Jeff Sessions got finally, well, I, I don't know about finally because it's so soon after the midterms, but he got shown the door yep. and we knew it was coming. I didn't think it was going to be the friggin' day after the midterms. Literally the morning after the midterms, he sent the letter. But yeah. <laughs> like 8 a.m. But here. it was. Today was the day. Um, it, it very clear for most circles that no, it wasn't like Jeff Sessions woke up and said, okay, I'm leaving today. It was like they called him in and said, you're leaving today. Yeah. So well, he got fired. The first line yeah. of his letter is at your request. This is my letter of resignation. Yeah. Which, at your yeah. request. That is code for I'm you fired me. Yes. Um, now him being fired allows Trump to under, I forget what the name of the act is called, name an acting uh, AG for 210 days, up to 210 days before they have to confirm a real one. Um, he picked a, a total like right wing jackass who was working under sessions in some capacity. Well, he wrote an op-ed about how Mueller was going too far. And like a week later, Jeff Sessions hired him for his <laughs> deputy or his uh, chief of staff. Yeah. Which I'm sure at Trump's work, hire him. He's your new chief of staff. Hire him. It's just like, okay. And Jeff Sessions is like, I guess this is my replacement. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is being analyzed 85 different ways to Sunday. Uh, is it a panic move? Is it part of something else? It is. Is it the prelude to more shit? Is is, is he, it? This is the next step in getting rid of the Mueller investigation in his mind yeah. somehow. With, with, um, with Trump, you don't know. It could very easily be just a knee jerk scratch and an itch saying, "I want him out of here now, now, now." And they told him you have to wait till after the midterms. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, the midterms are done. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Get yeah. Fuck him out of my yeah, White yeah. House. Yeah. It's not like he literally house, woke up in the morning and in his like, underwear. Okay. It's called in sessions. I'm in my robe, scratching my fucking nuts. <laughs> Fire Jeff Sessions now. No, seriously, um, I mean, I think that's actually the most plausible explanation. Yeah, me too. But it's not that he's going to now stop and let Mueller go on his merry way. He's This is the start of him trying to derail the investigation. Absolutely. And there's a million questions on how, will he can, will will he, can he, How what will that look like? I, You know, lawyers aren't sure, constitutional scholars aren't sure, government experts. Nobody really knows what's happening next. I'm not sure if Trump knows what's happening next. For all the people, his detractors and fans alike think he's always playing 15 dimensional chess. I think he's way more off the cuff and he's just reactionary narcissist. There, there is occasionally a method to his madness, but it's usually crafted by somebody else. Right. Uh, and I don't know what is next, but yes, he's going to try to derail the Mueller investigation. It's just not clear how from this move and exactly what happens and what it looks like and what kind of, nightmare fascist replaces Jeff Sessions eventually. 
Right. And that's that's the problem. And that us not being able to pull a big upset and retake the Senate, the Senate confirms the new AG. Yep. So it's whoever he's, whatever dreg off the street, they're going to throw in there Jeff Flake will furrow his brow and a couple Can other people will act concerned. Can you get a more racist person than Jeff Sessions? And they will all vote for him. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be, they'll be an awful garbage He person. has to be a lawyer. Yeah. There's plenty of awful I think that's about racist it. lawyers. I think that's the only, like, requirement, really. So it could be, oh, there's some real piece of shit lawyers. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's It'll plenty be some, like, too. really, really dirty, corrupt like a district lawyer. attorney <laughs> who just, like, <laughs> loves to fuck with black people and, um... Uh, like you know. I hate to laugh because you're probably right. Yeah, it'll just be like the worst district attorney in the country. Yeah, will become the new AG. Yeah, and then Sandy will burn everything down. Uh, we all will. Anywho, uh, what was I going to say? Okay, so think about this. There's a lot of people panicking right now. This is what I, I tweeted. This is boy is this strange. We have Kansas turning blue. And then we have Jeff Sessions resigning and a bunch of liberals and elected Democrats saying, oh, no, not Jeff oh, Sessions, no. like, but not yeah. sarcastically. No, I know. Like, I, so Please many don't people leave, Jeff on Sessions. my feed today were like, normally this would be the most excellent news. And I'm just so terrified <laughs> of who the replacement's going to be. Um, I think it's great news because I cannot imagine a worse person to be the attorney general than Jeff Sessions. Literally. I mean, ultimately, way down the road, it might prove to be good news, but right now, it's complicated. It is. Um, and it could be really, com- it's going to be, com- it just is going to be really messy and complicated and gross yeah, it, and potential constitutional crisis. Right. It was it, it was simple in the in the fact that Jeff Sessions wants to have a future, um, yeah, I guess he's- As a lawyer. As a, in some capacity, right? And right. not be disbarred. So he had to recuse himself which really made Trump angry. And so that was basically that. And and this Rod Rosenstein had to take over and basically let Mueller do his job. Mm-hmm. And and there was Trump couldn't do anything about that and it drove him nuts mm-hmm. for a long time. Well, now he's trying to do something about it. Now, here's the thing. If us jackasses could see this coming and knew what was coming next, you can bet your ass Bob Mueller did. It's not like Bob Mueller was going to do all this work just for the day after the midterms to get the plug pulled and, oh, well, that was all for nothing. I guess I'll go home now. Right. Like, he's he's not going to let that happen. Well, House Democrats are saying that if anything happens to the Mueller investigation, they will immediately subpoena Mueller and have televised hearings about what's in the report. And they have every right to do that. Yeah. If they pull the plug on the Mueller investigation or they try to hide the report or they try to do anything else, they're going to subpoena Bob Mueller, sit him down. And say, tell us everything, and they're going to televise it. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop them. Yeah. They should do that anyway. <laughs> they should do that anyway. But not if it's still going. R- right. Like, let him finish his fucking job. Yes. Let him do his job. He doesn't want that. He, he needs... No, he's, he's by the book. Yeah. He needs to be able to finish this, and it needs to be buttoned up. The, and one reason people think Trump may be panicking is because his son <laughs> is on the verge of being indicted. And for, for all the arrogant front he likes to put up and that whole family likes to put up, they know they're in trouble. Yeah. Donald Trump Jr. is going to be indicted. And that is going to be earth-shattering news. Now, many of us have seen it coming from a mile away, but the collective jaw of the country and the punditry will drop when the president's son is indicted. Yeah. It should, at least. Yeah, it should. <laughs> it should. Um, that's big. And... And I think if that happens, that'll be the tipping point for Trump to burn it down. 
to he'll just fire everybody. He'll and lose just, his mind. I mean, Saturday just, Night Massacre. Yeah, a million percent. And then we will have our constitutional crisis. Yes. We may have it before then. He may yeah. not want it to get to that point. Right. So um, he, he, look, <laughs> Bob Mueller is, he's a chess player. Okay. He knows he can foresee shit and like, he's not going to do all the work he's done in vain. So he has taken certain precautions. Um, if indictments are, I forget what the word for it is, but they're sort of like, if they've already been banked or they're in the something, then there's really nothing, literally nothing Trump can do at this point to stop them from going out. They may just not have been announced yet. Right. Um, for various reasons or served or what have you. Uh, and a lot of people think they're not sure, but a lot of people think there are indictments ready to go, like as soon as this week. But we don't know that for sure. We don't know anything because Mueller doesn't leak. Every time somebody gets on Twitter or gets on MSNBC and says, this is what Robert Mueller's going to do next, they're full of shit because no leaks come out of that camp. No, and they're not right usually. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that usually is not what happens. And you're like, uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. So keep Thanks that for your in, insight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your keep that in mind. Wild speculation about something that you literally have no information about because there's no leaks. There literally just aren't. Sure, but people that have been around the justice system and the FBI for a long time can sense when something is coming. And they've been, yeah, yeah, and, and, and like they, even though they don't know for sure, like they know. If it were me, this is what I would be. This would be the next step. They know people are going to be indicted soon. Yeah, like they know people are targets of investigations. And with who's cooperating and how many times they've been in to talk and who's coming back for more interviews, they're, they're, they're painting a picture and getting an idea. And, and I, I do think there's this weird bubble, this insular bubble, when the lawyers maybe aren't in the room or the best lawyers aren't in the room, the Trump bubble, that this might all just go away or they can somehow stop it all. Yeah. I think Trump believes that 100%. Yeah. He completely believes that he, that he's the president, so... No, you can't do that, and I can stop it, and it's going to be fine. Plus, he's so delusional and such a compulsive liar. We know from Bob Woodward's book that, like, they, like they couldn't even get past the first five minutes without him lying to David Bossy about his voting record, right? Who's David Bossy? Uh, one of the horrible garbage people that smeared the Clintons that they brought in to get his presidential campaign going way back in like 2014 2015 oh i didn't remember and and david bossy's like okay we got to talk about your voting records like my voting record's great i've only voted republicans like no we have your voting records here you've you were you actually were a democrat like how do they know that they don't know that's not true like sir the records are public domain we have them in our hands like he just can't help himself we don't know how he voted but we know what he was registered as yes yeah yeah so like stuff like that so he is in this bubble of denial and i can see that you know a, a a an indictment coming down on don jr or ivanka or jared and him just Losing it. Losing it completely. Yeah. I mean, literally just dismantle the Department of Justice, fire everybody, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm the emperor now. Yeah. And that'll be interesting. And that could, you know, that could be as soon as this week. Or it could be two weeks or a month. We don't know when because Mueller doesn't leak. <laughs> he right. just, no leaks come out of that place. Yeah. Ever. Right. Uh, any other thoughts on that? No, I think it's a dangerous time uh, for us because he's scared. Because now, I think he thought he was going to win, that the Republicans would maintain control because that's what he wanted. Um, and 
I don't think he fully understands the powers of the House of Representatives, but no. um, he's already. <laughs> I'm gonna go to war with you if you try to investigate me, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna indict Hillary if you do this. And it's like just all these threats, and you're like, yeah. okay, it's gonna be crazy town for a while because he's gonna start realizing like. Oh, no, they can do this and then they can do that and they're allowed to do this and this right. is legal. Well, well, he had this insane press conference today where he we really went off the rails, uh, which it doesn't matter anymore when he does that. It's horribly embarrassing and it's crazy and, and it doesn't it doesn't affect anything. He just does it. Um, but what was interesting is he float again floated this idea, this sort of tit for tat, uh, almost extortion like, well, I'll work with you on some stuff, Democrats. We'll get stuff passed, but you can't investigate me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you do investigate me, then I'm yeah. going to make them investigate I, I'm, this. I'm, I'm going to sick the Senate on you. I'm going to sick the DOJ on you, well, not I, on your people. He said specifically the Senate, mm. which is weird. Yep. You're, you're threatening the House with the Senate to do something? It, it's bizarre. But uh, I, I hope... Well, see, now he thinks the Senate is a part of the executive branch because <laughs> it's full of Republicans. <laughs> so they work for him just like the DOJ. <laughs> Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No, it's the Senate is now they work for him. They it's work the part for of him. the executive branch because yeah. it's Republican. Oh, can, can you blame him for thinking that? <laughs> no, I mean, they are pretty much true. They That's kiss the ring, Lindsey Graham and the bunch of them. Yep. They might as well be his manservants. Um, but we have the House. Let's just remember that you guys. Yeah, and, so and the House important. is not going to go for that. Uh, they smell blood. That's the problem. You have you have you have taunted these people. The, yes. The, the Democratic, uh, the Democrats in the House have been the bull, and you've been poking at them and poking yeah. at them and poking at them, and now the bull has escaped the pen. Okay. Yeah. And you have Elijah Cummings and Adam Schiff and Maxine Waters committee chairs. Yes. For oversight, mm-hmm. for ethics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And they are not fucking around. They have been chomping at the bit waiting for the moment when they are those committee chairs and they can just rip this administration the fuck apart. Nadler. Nadler is a pit bull. Nadler's talking about relitigating Kavanaugh. I don't know if politically that's a great idea, although for a lot of reasons I'd like to see it. That is probably a political dead end and someone will probably talk about that. But like. They're they, not fucking around. They want blood. Yeah. Is my point. Yeah. And these new folks that are coming in. Whoo. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be nice. No. You think they're going to play nice with Trump? <laughs> now, what Trump is trying to do and, and this, you know, remember, uh, this deal happened when uh, Democrats got what they wanted in the budget um, a while ago and they played nice in this bipartisan moment and Trump was eating all that up. Mm-hmm. He thinks he can do that again. And it's like, we can make some bipartisan deals. We can do some things on infrastructure. Maybe, hey, maybe we can do some things on DACA. We can do all these things, but you can't investigate me. You can't look at my tax returns and my money. You got you to gotta drop all that. Um, yeah, let's be friends now. Don't talk about anything I've ever uh, done. It's interesting. If they think that Mueller's got all that in the bag, then I don't know, maybe make a few deals. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but they, they don't get snookered by this guy. And I don't think they will because they're much smarter than him. Yeah. He thinks he's much smarter and they he thinks he's the deal They know that part of the reason they were elected in this cycle 
was to have oversight and pushback against this fucking maniac in the White House. Obviously. Obviously. They know that the American people are dying for someone to do something in a position of power. Yes. About this person. And if they don't do that, and they start just like glad handing and hanging out with Trump and like passing (laughs) deals, like this is, no, people are going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Plus, Max, these people, no way. There's no way. Yeah, you know, true. Um, I mean, I think they're going to try to work with Republicans and try to get stuff passed, and it, or at least make a show of doing that. Yeah. Um, because we like to actually govern as Democrats, um, but that not <laughs> with the deal of we won't do anything about the president. <laughs> like that's not happening. But isn't it amazing how you know what it reminds me of? Like Trump is just out in the open with it. It it reminds me of. Uh, something out of Ozark, right? Yeah. Like, especially this last season yeah. where it's all this political stuff. Like, I'm going to do this shady thing for you and you scratch my back, but don't do this thing. Don't, you know, don't do this thing. And then I won't tell them about this thing you did. And it's just the whole, the why I think that's why you liked it so much this last yeah. season. It's all that. Right. It's like much less running from the drug cartel and more all this political shady shit. Mm-hmm. And Trump is just so out in the open with it. Yeah. He says at a press conference, like, hey, Democrats, we'll do this deal, but don't look at all this criminal shit I did. Don't investigate me for that. And then we can make some deals and it's like dude you you don't run this thing like a fucking like a a, you know a mob uh godfather going in to see the senator behind closed doors right to to get the casino built you don't say that part out loud dude pressed at a conference and it's like it just just everybody just kind of reports on it like you know at face value and doesn't really dig into that it's like that's fucking crazy yeah yeah and that is what he's doing yeah yeah, no, I know. It's, it's. I mean, sure, he's given the, you know, the proverbial, well, I didn't do anything wrong anyway, but don't investigate me. Right. <laughs> it's like. Why? Yeah. What do you think? And he brought, he's, again, he did the bullshit with the taxes. Um, the taxes are being audited, so we can't <laughs> break. <laughs> can't show you my tax returns are being audited, which is really stupid because we know Mueller's got them. Yeah. So, For sure. and then, you know what, Maxine Waters, which the, the minute, the minute, she, I think 10 different House members are going to subpoena his tax returns. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and that's just the start. I mean, it's, if, oh man, it's going to be crazy. But I, Trump is not just going to waltz into, uh, um, what is it, change hands, January 3rd. 3rd? He's just not, he's not going to just waltz into that and be like, okay, here we go. Oh, here we go. I guess whatever happens, happens. Right. No, no he's no, going to burn no. everything down yes. before we get to that point. Yeah. Even to. if there are no indictments before January 3rd, um, he, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. He's backed into a corner and he knows it and or he's starting to figure it out and uh, he's scared shitless. Mm-hmm. And when he gets scared shitless, he lashes, lashes out. out. Yeah. Okay, uh, right. any other thoughts, closing thoughts for you to close up shop here? Nope. We'll be back on Saturday. Yep, yep. With whatever with the whole, fucking crazy shit. Uh, God only knows. Th- things are getting crazy now. Um, we, we've talked about as the whole sort of Daily Coast community doing a whole like live radio <clears throat> underground thing, keeping you apprised when... Trump tries to do a Saturday Night Massacre. That could be any day. We'll see what's going on. Talk to Arliss and those folks and see if that's still a thing. But anyway, yeah. Stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. At Reverend Duo. 
on Twitter, reverendtestimony@gmail.com. We will talk to you soon. Bye.